0: This is The Thomas Guide, your roadmap for navigating the world. With your guide, John Thomas, political savant, world class analyst, and culture critic. No need to Google directions, just buckle up and enjoy the ride. This is The Thomas Guide, with your host, John Thomas. California Governor. Gavin Newsom is attempting to keep Trump off the ballot in March and November. Will it succeed? And why the heck is he doing it? Twitter shuts down Mitch McConnell's account hate speech, and you're not going to believe what happened. Kamala Harris is up with her first ad spend in Iowa. I'll break that down. And there's a candidate to watch on the rise that haven't talked about. I'll explain who he is and what we should think about him. MSNBC viewership is going to give... Gavin Newsom five bucks and Gavin Newsom now has their email address he knows who they are he can resolicit these people um and he has a donor program at the gate so that's what this is all about it's all about the dollars and of course the press exposure but it really is about campaign dollars that's it but it's not going anywhere so Gavin will think it's a win it will enrage republicans nationwide but it doesn't that doesn't matter to Gavin it's probably a win Uh, so that's what's going on with that This week, Twitter suspended Mitch McConnell's account for posting hate speech. Now, here's the amazing thing. They shut it down for a retweet that the senator did. The senator retweeted actual video footage of extreme liberals and antifas that were uh, at Mitch McConnell's doorstep threatening violence to break into his house. It was real video footage. And the the extreme leftists were using crazy rhetoric, but it was hilarious because McConnell was retweeting something that actually happened in a real event situation against Mitch. So they, they the the video content survived elsewhere, but they shut down the person who was actually the victim of the attack. He got it uh, reopened, of course. He's Mitch McConnell. You can't you know it would be ridiculous if you permanently shut down the account, but uh, it was. It just goes to show you that uh, Twitter, in how they censor, is just so completely backwards um, that uh, you know this happens all the time. Luckily, in Mitch's case, he's well known enough that he get it back online quickly. There are so many conservatives that this happens to on a daily basis, and they don't have the juice to get it back up and running. Trump's trying to crack down on that. But honestly, it's just very hard because it's all in the algorithms. And uh, all of these Silicon Valley companies, the the big dot coms are all liberal. So they have no incentive to be fair and balanced. Uh, this is a serious ongoing problem. We'll go into it in another episode uh, about my larger concerns about censorship uh, that that is, that is becoming a massive issue. Kamala Harris start, announced today she rolled out her very first uh, campaign ad in Iowa. She she plunked down I think a hundred thousand uh, dollars. It was like eighty I think eighty k for this week and twenty k for the next week. So besides the press splash, why is she doing it? Uh, she's doing it because she's got to move numbers. She's got to show that she's gained. She's got to recapture. Uh, the perception nationally that she is a viable candidate. She had all this promise after the first debate, and then she flubbed the second debate. Um, and a lot of people are going, well, maybe she can deliver a punch, but she can't take one. Maybe she's not all that she's cracked up to be. But who is this Booker guy? You know, uh, So she has to come up with a story that she's taking hold in Iowa. And Perhaps an early spend just from a name ID's perspective if uh, the Des Moines Register does a survey in the next couple weeks. It's very po- it's very likely, in fact, that Kamala will jump a few points simply because she's one of the only ones talking in Iowa on TV. That's probably likely going to happen. So strategically, it might be good for them to spend that $100,000, especially if they could afford it at this point, which I think she's got enough incoming money that she can afford it. But was the ad good? No, it wasn't. I mean, it's good enough, but um, it just felt manufactured. It didn't feel true and honest. It was, it was called th- hit Kamala's 3 a.m. plan, and it's about the premise that her mother used to get up at 3 a.m. worried uh, about all the things, the bills she had to pay and putting her kids through school and this, that, the other. And, and Kamala says, I'm going to give every family uh, $500 a month, of free money, and I'm going to give you this for free and I'm going to give you that for free so that you don't have to worry about ever getting up at 3 a.m. with concerns and that's that's our general plan interestingly it's not about I'm the prosecutor and I'll keep you safe that's actually not it it's all the freebies that you give anyway the look and the feel of the piece just felt manufactured it just didn't feel good And that's really not Kamala's fault because I think she comes across well on camera. It's her ad maker and her strategist's fault. Uh, So we'll see. I think, look, she's painting lead on the target by going up on TV, so I think she's going to get a lift. She could have gotten a bigger lift with a better ad, but hey, could have been better for sure. Last thing I want to cover is Tom Steyer, the uh, ultra-rich former hedge fund uh, manager who is let's see how do i how do i frame it? well his climate change has been his big thing for years uh but then he locked on in order to build a list he started that impeached president trump now thing a year or two ago um he announced for president that he's he said he wasn't running a couple weeks ago, uh, maybe a month or two ago he said i'm out and then as it looks like biden might not be as strong as you think and bloomberg's not running steyer said hey maybe i can self-fund my way through so he announced here's what's really interesting first Steyer has not qualified for the first two he wasn't in the first two debates the second debate he had announced but he didn't qualify because he wasn't high enough in the polls and he didn't have enough donors small donors Tom Steyer's in the top the early first four states he's up on the airwaves and we're already seeing in polling that he's now jumped from dead last to I think he's number seven in the first four states in a polling average now how did he jump like how did he jump that far it's called advertising. It works. He's jump. He's boosting his name ID, and uh, clearly, Steyr, look, Steyer spent over 150 million in the midterms, and Steyer wasn't even on the ballot. You know, he wasn't even for Steyer. It was just to accrue political capital. Uh, if he was willing to spend 150 million and he wasn't on the ballot, the question is, how much will he spend in a in a primary battle, especially to to get through? I'm actually. I see a real path here for Steyer. I do. He's anti-Trump without seeming too kooky, although I think Republicans think he's a disaster, but I don't think he comes off as necessarily fringe. His ad maker is a guy named Mark Putnam. used to be Biden's ad maker, but he guy uh, Mark quit Biden's campaign, is now doing Tom's stuff, so Tom's going to have great creative. There's a couple things here. First... Tom, honestly, whether or not he qualifies for the debates is irrelevant because he's going to grow in the polls. And then as the, as the debate stage narrows, whether or not he even meets the criteria on the debate stage, the DNC won't help, but include him because he's polling so high. Uh, so Tom will eventually, I think still be relevant as long as he keeps cutting checks. So that's an interesting thing to watch. Also, um, Winning begets winning. If he if he's growing in the polls, I wouldn't be surprised if he comes in top four in some of these early states. And if he can come in top three or four in Iowa and New Hampshire, there's a perceivable path if he can endure as the field narrows that he could, in fact, win the nomination if he spends enough money. So I actually see a a real path for him. I think he's enough anti-Trump. That he can make that argument credibly. He's Mr. Climate Control. He can... uh, a, 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 um, A climate change. He can make that argument to the base... I think there's a path there for him. I, re- I really do. Uh, now, he has, of course, vulnerabilities in a primary, but his pocketbook, I think, will overcome a lot of those things. So number one, there's a, the, the big takeaway here when we see him start to grow is paid advertising works, TV works. So that's just a truism that we'll see remain even more true as Tom grows in the polls. But the other dynamic I'm watching is the overemphasis on these early debates is so overhyped that at the end of the day, we may look back and say, did these debates really even matter in the long term? They might not. That a guy like Tom Steyer can come in and buy his way into the Democratic electorate. A guy like Joe Biden starts out with name ID that really it isn't about the debates. It's about debates help with perception, but they don't move voters. We may find that to be true. Maybe not. I think early on the debates are far less consequential because there's so many candidates on the stage no one candidate gets enough airtime. Maybe the debates will matter a little bit more in the the final few debates when this, you know, there are three or four people on stage and there are more back and forth, so you get more screen time. But really, I think the debates will probably only matter for the the second that, that a candidate has a moment, a good moment or a bad moment that the other candidates can exploit. So, those are the dynamics I'm watching. I'm really I, – I, at this point, the two candidates I think have the most promise are Tom Steyer and Elizabeth Warren. I still see a play for Biden, but it's it's like a 50-50 at this point. Um, eh, maybe even 60-40 that he doesn't make it. But Tom Steyer and Elizabeth Warren's running a textbook operation. She really is. Um, and Tom Steyer is coming in with his checkbook. So we'll keep watching that, but you heard it here first. Tom Steyer is the candidate to watch. I think we're only going to see him grow in prominence in coming days. So that's been this episode of, of The Thomas Guide. Of course, you can find me at The Thomas Guide on Twitter. And please, again, the way you can help this podcast grow besides sharing it with a friend is by wherever you're listening to the podcast. Go on and give me five stars or however many stars you can give and write a comment. I really, really think that Please, if you you have any questions, send me an email, write me a note, uh, and we'll cover it on next week's edition of the Thomas Guide. Thanks again. Have a great weekend.